Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 374, and today we'll be talking about Bit Prime from Glitch Text. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, very sadly, the final episode of Glitch Text, but oh boy, did they use the uh, animation budget on this one. <laughs> Which, strangely enough, we've said a few times this season, wow, look at the animation budget, they really flexed that. To the end of their series. <laughs> oh, Glitch Text. Yep. I-, I fear it went the same route as Invader Zim. I-, I fear that if it does come back, there might be a uh, One Punch Man Season 2 kind of a situation where you made me appreciate the exquisite animation in Season 1 by taking it all away in Season 2. I really think that... Oh, I don't know. Do I really think... It does seem pretty suspicious that this show looks so great and it is one that ended because there are many other shows on Nickelodeon and on Cartoon Network which do not garner huge audiences but which go for many seasons. But they tend to be cheaper looking <laughs> and oh, yeah. cheaper in um, concept and and difficulty of writing, right? There is something to be said for the Aqua Teen Hunger Forces of the world. I mean, honestly, yes, because not only is it visually simpler, but writing these kinds of narratives is just more to manage as well. And it also kind of usually means that the show isn't going to last as long as something that is simple and repeatable and can do every episode that's already existed in every other cartoon, you know, shrink down into somebody's body, uh, all the horrible things. Good grief. You know what I wish that would just be a standard thing for shows like this? Shows like Steven Universe, shows like Glitch Text, where they have their, uh, you know, magnum opus series to launch the franchise where, like, you know, we're going to do some episodic stuff here and there, but, you know, there is a major series arc that we're building towards. There is a conclusion that we want, like, in Steven Universe, it was, you know, finally making friends with Homeworld. In Glitch Text, it might be you know, dealing with Bolipius or whatever's behind Bolipius, and dealing with something that was hinted at in these first 19 episodes. And then after that, you can just have a spin-off series, which is like Glitch Tech's Endless Summer, or, you know, whatever, (laughs) for all my bully fans out there. But where it's just like, yeah, this is just a purely episodic series set in this world. Have fun! You know, GC would like it. Not everyone has to. (laughs) <laughs> well enough people do to keep it running but uh, yeah I, man I, I don't know it is a big risk to do this type of thing you know sometimes a showrunner might or someone who is about to be a first-time showrunner even has this idea for a story and the question they have to ask themselves early on is do i think my story will be told you know your concept might be able to be stretched over a long time i think of over the garden wall as something that, as evidenced by the comics surrounding it, could have had plenty of material to last a whole 52-episode season, you know, in the classic Cartoon Network days of things that length. And yet, you know, it just has its eight episodes, it gets its its message through, and it ends, and hooray. I think that's a wonderful thing, but I don't think everything needs to be a miniseries. Then you look at something like Infinity Train, which is designed exclusively to exist as something which just goes on and on and on, which is a bold choice because, uh, you know, how many seasons are you going to get? 
Infinity Train, I think they only had eight seasons planned out. I don't think they planned to do the Infinity Train endless summer thing. I think they just wanted to get their eight seasons in and be done with it. We got four of them. I mean, fair enough, but let's revisit that sentence. Only. (laughs) I contest the word only when we're talking about eight seasons. That's a a lot of episodes to assume that your uh, you know network is going to renew so it is a it is a choice i mean there are only 10 episode seasons really you could consider them half seasons they wanted four full seasons i mean fair enough 80 episodes which you know steven universe got what like 160 in its original run so twice the length Craig of the Creek is getting 40 episode seasons but of course those are 11 minutes not 22 minutes so yeah i well, yeah, and Craig of the Creek's fascinating, too, because it's one of those things that is just continually going and is, I guess, not too expensive, so they can keep rolling with it. And that is absolutely not a hit against Craig of the Creek, because I think it is fantastic and is absolutely visually inventive. And uh, I mean, there's so many characters to draw that I think that's its own challenge. But I don't feel unfair in saying it's not as expensive as Glitch Text. I mean, oh, no. also Glitch Text just straight up has 3D graphics in it and stuff like that. But yeah, I just think the concept of how shows are designed and how their creators think about their endings is fascinating. It's obviously fascinating because I uh, made a video about it like a year ago. But again, like with OKKO, they found out their show was going to end and they actually built it around that. And Steven Universe did the same on an even in much more incredibly short time scale, which is shocking. And Considering the fans didn't completely blow up in anger about how they managed to resolve it in like five episodes, you know, hats off to them. Yeah, we probably would have got my entire season on Homeworld, but uh, Reunited was a bridge too far. Yeah, so I I hate to see that sudden cancellations happen, right? This is clearly the story of Glitch Techs. You wouldn't write an episode like this unless you were going for what the Hey Arnold creators did, where they said... We're just going to end on a cliffhanger and Nickelodeon has to give us a movie. <laughs> nope, Nickelodeon Eventually. did not. Right, we can always wait 15 years, of course, um, but it's not preferable. Glitch text, enter the florpus! <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. Of course, again, the, you know, as evidenced by what actually made it through uh, all of Nickelodeon's projects, only Rugrats. Not Invader Zim or Rocco's Modern Life actually bothered to become a uh, continuous series because, you know, they're even willing to spend that CG budget. It's a it's a it's a slice of life, simple show that they could just keep making episodes of and put on their streaming platform and just have a bunch of. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's I feel like streaming can invite both. I really thought Glitch Text could be something that thrived on a streaming platform, but I think it also suffered from the same fate as OKKO, which is that transition from cable to digital and it might have just missed missed its renewal and not not have been designed or planned by the network as something that was ready for streaming so sad times and for crying out loud they have the voiced animatics just put those up on netflix and hire them to make a few more seasons of voiced animatics that's all i want that that's the thing they went so far now we know that again you look at invader zim Invader Zim had full scripts written, right? Um, I'm not sure if this is correct. Maybe there were even storyboards, but at least full scripts. So, you know, show cancellations don't happen cleanly. The, the, the crews are continuously working on new episodes, and 
cancellation might come right in the middle, as happened here. But um, I think Cartoon Network was just a little nicer about it with OKKO than Glitch Text was, um, because they didn't give them far enough ahead warning. It happened in the middle of very serious production. So uh, it's also unfortunate because Nickelodeon really holds the rights to it. Like, even if the creator wanted to just, like, Mm -hmm. blow it up in Nick's face and be like, boom, here's all the cool content, can't really do that. So I know. Very sad. Kind of the same problem with, you know, Vasquez's later project, Very Important House. It's like there's just untold stories out there that companies just sit on because um, maybe they could be a seed that grows later. Which is too bad for us. So glad we could talk super long about things that are outside the universe of the actual episode (laughs) that we are talking about. We're both very, very sad that this is highly likely to be the last glitch text we ever see. Although 15 years from now, the revival, who knows? Who knows? But as for this episode, I do have a a quibble that I want to lead us off with. If Bit has 3% of the space free on his system and he has one enormous file that is, at least according to that pie chart, it's probably at least 20 or 30% of his space was locked up in a compressed file. I want to know, how does he have enough space to decompress and execute that file? Okay, yeah, so we're we're just going to get straight nerd time here, uh, which I'm happy about. Did he download some more RAM? So they... That you know, they they did this to me. They really did it to me. They they put me in a subject that I know plenty about. So let's talk about it. Deleting a file does not take up memory. It just never has. It never has. It's basically just <laughs> telling your hard drive's little registry thing there, saying, "Oh, that spot that you have a one or a zero are written to. There's nothing there anymore. You can freely rewrite that whenever you want to." Right, there is not even work beyond, like, changing of a very small place on your hard drive to delete something. Whereas, they had to go and say that this giant file was compressed and now they're opening it, which definitely takes memory. But, of course, with Bit, it's strange because there's not a clear distinction between working memory, RAM, and long-time storage. They're kind of using it all as one. Yeah, I I was wondering that. Why is his... Because the only reason he would start running slowly from too much memory being used is if we're talking about he's using too much RAM and he's having to use his hard drive swap file to keep programs open. But that is the opposite of what is happening. He has too much long-term storage and that is preventing his ability to place things into RAM. Hanobi is weird. I think they need to (laughs) go back. He's an old model. Maybe they hadn't quite figured out how to use fast and slow memory yet. So maybe they were just figuring things out back in the day. I mean, it is true if you have a... <laughs> Giving it, them way too much credit. You can you can take your computer that you have today, and you can run an application that tries to allocate as much system memory as possible. You know, allocate all 16 gigabytes of memory. Then say your hard drive is also basically full, such that maybe your OS would allocate, you know, 10 gigabytes of swap memory, but there's literally only 2 gigabytes available. Then things are definitely going to run, you know, quote, slowly or just not at all because there's truly no yeah. memory to work with. And therefore it cannot queue up applications to run or load things in memory at all. But it's strange and I'll take it. It would have impressed me more if they could have really done a technically accurate one. But it's, you know, it's kind of from Five's perspective. He's like, 
yeah, me and my dad would clean up the memory on computers sometimes. And, you know, the word memory there is already used loosely. Yeah. (laughs) So, sure. Uh, It does take me back, though, to online forums arguing about using tools like CC Cleaner on Windows and being like, do I need to clean my RAM? Do I need to defragment my RAM? <laughs> like all these weird, no, please just don't worry <laughs> about how computers function. You poor innocent people. Yes, make sure to remove your RAM and blow it off with compressed air at least twice a year. <laughs> Gotta keep those contacts clean. Did, did you enjoy Phil blowing out the cartridge like we all used to, even though we weren't supposed to? <laughs> even though it was more likely to cause damage than anything successful, but it sure did make you remove the cartridge and readjust it multiple times. Yeah, I, uh, you know, how could Glitch Text have not been a successful series when it played the playbook that every successful cartoon in recent history has done, which is reveal important backstory in an old storage format? <laughs> uh, which, you know, good thing it wasn't a videotape or a videotape or a videotape because that's all anyone else uses. Finally, it's a cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> so screw you, Steven Let's Universe. Gravity so Falls Steven and Universe Adventure Infinity Time. Infinity Train. Oh, and oh, Infinity yes, Train, which yes, yes. technically doesn't use uh, a cassette tape. So they got that going for them. Those are still VHSs. They're, they're in the full VHS format. Oh, that's true. I'm thinking of the room that just has tapes flying around everywhere and out of people's brains or something. Spoiler alert. Yeah, they, they load them up into the end of the cassette when, once they're done. Yeah. So everyone couldn't escape that storage medium. I guess it only makes sense, though, for glitch techs that it would have to be game cartridge. And Phil has an old 16-bit system uh, still kicking around. But on a new refrigerator, I'm kind of impressed that Bit was able to figure out how to activate the secret console command on the new refrigerator. I mean, if Phil was going to keep anything up to date in his house, it would be the refrigerator. (laughs) It would be, wouldn't it? It would be. Hey, you know Phil was the first person on that street to get an air fryer, so... (laughs) He's always been trendy about those sorts of things. Okay, let's get it out of the way, though. Um, There were major revelations. Bit is a Plixel construct. That's super cool. Did not see... I mean, everything at Hanobi is Plixels, though. What, what? How is this surprising? Um, But is everything? I don't know. I guess I should have been able to know since... Does Bit ever do any sort of weird things that a robot shouldn't be able to do? Doesn't he, like, manifest an arm with a gauntlet on it in the very first episode? Because I know he's the one who... Yes, yes, he's grabbing them with with arms that just come out of nowhere, isn't he? Ah, that's so true. They always do that to you. They put it in the first episode. They put it in the first episode before your expectations are set, Mm -hmm. so... And then later you assume, oh, early series wonkiness. Not the case, though. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. I like his very disturbing little canister, and I was equally disturbed by how he is very evidently some sort of horrifying military android thing with, you know, tank treads in his pre-prime form, and in his prime form, just a terrifying killer robot. Yeah, his his central processor, just the fact that it's a black cylinder with a red light on it, I, I guess I'm supposed to think of Hal. Mm-hmm, but absolutely. all I can think of, all I can think of is an IG series, Assassin Droid, from Star Wars, 
uh, like you might have seen assembled on the bridge of the Executor in Empire Strikes Back or from that one early episode of The Mandalorian. Mmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, this episode ends with a ominous Hanobi logo glitching out on the screen. Uh, And some very (laughs) ominous music. Ooh, yes. Very glitchy at the end there. Almost like it belongs on a show whose one of two words contains the word glitch. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so that's disturbing. Also, the revelation that, of course, Phil has been wiped before is great, which, again, with the videotape motif, of course Phil is mind-wiped, because what character whose backstory is revealed through videotape hasn't had their memory wiped? Every cartoon does this. <laughs> it's, it's, to, it's to the point where it's like, he's been memory wiped so many times at that point that even he's like, yeah, it just happens, you know? Oh, yeah, I love that, too, that early Phil has already been mind wiped quite a few times, and he's been getting around this for some time. He's like, he takes a moment to be disturbed about it, but mostly he's like, yeah, you know, Hanobi, <laughs> what you gonna do? But he's so cool. I mean, Phil's always been, he's been secretly cool the whole time, but now it's like, yeah, young Phil, he's on the inside. He's an engineer or a technician or something. He's smart. He's witty. He's doing an inside job. I'm convinced that Phil is Glitch Texas Benson. They could do a series just about Phil. It would be awesome. I look forward to his 20-minute drum solo. You know, the Benson comparison isn't that terrible either because, I mean, Benson's a little more grating and 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 cruel sometimes, but they both have that, <laughs> you know, hidden just depths. very strict manager with hidden depths. That's kind of amazing. And there's some horrific fan art that I can think of. Yeah, uh, with with poor Phil's visage on a uh, gumball machine. That's that's horrible. <laughs> they both also have great uh, uh, great facial hair. Now we need fan art of Mordecai and Rigby in glitch tech uniforms. Hmm, that would be nice. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or just Miko and Five could just start rapping together and already know the lyrics the other person is saying. That would be good. <laughs> Play a quick round of punchies. Fan art where the uh, Hinobi tech van is replaced with a golf cart, please. Oh my god. This is not the crossover I was expecting, but honestly, both of them are in worlds where kind of anything can happen. For anyone who was annoyed when Bit shot the ice cream at Miko and Five after, uh, you know, collecting the, what did he call it? Sugared milk or something? I will point out that although he was after 200 gallons of that milk, He just took everything that he had, so he probably had more than 200 gallons, so he could could afford to shoot a gallon or two at Miku and Five. Ooh, yeah, good good bookkeeping there. (laughs) Um, I have something not related to analyzing the volume of liquids that bit uh, (laughs) took. Bergy and his, uh, you know, counterpart- Terrible aim? At the- well, yes, he does have terrible aim. The only other people that are in this episode are Bergie and uh, the girl who works at the spaghetti place. Why? Yeah, his girlfriend to be. Like, yes. Why? Is there a deep lore reason why the most clumsy and forgetful and silly person on the show uh, would be uh, juxtaposed with everybody else? Seems kind of curious. 
I mean, he was the only person dumb enough to conceivably just stay there also. Everyone else was out doing very important tech business. See, now that's the rational explanation that they start you off with, GC. Oh, we need a conspiracy theory. Hmm. But I just think that there are subtle communications. We all know that Bergie secretly runs the place. You see how quick he was to get them that EMP when they asked for it? A, a very serious weapon, by the way, that has not been previously utilized to my memory, which just disrupts Plixels? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's for, uh, rogue techs on the run. They have ways to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And yet it did nothing to stop Bit. He rebooted too fast. Thinking about what was gonna come next. That is my first ridiculous thought. <laughs> After that, I mean, you know, yeah, we needed to learn more about why Hanopi's done what it's done and why it also has this ridiculous little video game enterprise set up on top of whatever the hell it was actually doing. Obviously, Phil's backstory, maybe more about uh, Five's dad. I, You know, who else are the interesting ties? I try to think about, do our protagonists have any other ties to the weird things going on? Well, I mean, obviously, Miko's inability to be reset mm-hmm. is a very interesting tie that a lot of people have her tied into Bolipius somehow. Yeah. Well, we definitely know that um, because of that EMP, conveniently, 100%, uh, Miko and Five are not <laughs> Plixel constructs in any way. So that's good to know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so just in case anyone thought that uh, any Plixel detectors we're detecting them and not their gear. Exactly. I like Phil's house. The man's a fan of cats, which means I'm a fan of him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad that we finally got the thing fans were clamoring for, much like we all wanted to see the inside of Steven Universe's bathroom. Finally, we saw where Phil uh, puts his tie every night. <laughs> is, that a, is that a good spot to end, sir? No. <laughs> Just like this wasn't a good spot for Glitch Text to end. <sighs> we'll miss you, Glitch Text. I, uh... Makes me very sad, but like I said, 15 years from now, Glitch Text, enter the Florpus, I'll be there. Until then, I'm not GC13. Anyway, guys, though, that has sadly been us on Glitch Text. Join us next week. We'll be finishing off Season 4 of Summer Camp Island. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on uh, any platform you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to occasionally, you know, throw out a hashtag that says Glitch Text on it on Twitter or anywhere. And uh, keep keep the memory of Glitch Text alive. Yes, please do. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. <laughs>